0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to announce that this podcast is now hosted by an official member of the SAT Association. I entered the first lecture of the day feeling well caffeinated and ready for another intriguing lecture about the boolean satisfiability problem the topic of this lecture was something called random k sat which is where sat problems are randomly generated with each clause containing k variables These variables have a 50-50 chance of appearing positively or negatively in the clause. The lecturer had studied the properties of these instances, and it turns out they have a very interesting property. As you add more clauses, there's a sharp threshold where the problem flips from being satisfiable to unsatisfiable. This threshold is roughly when the number of clauses is 4.26 times the number of variables. For problems with more variables, this threshold is steeper. They also compared this with industrial problems, rather than randomly generated ones, and these have a totally different signature. Their satisfiability tails off, far more gradually, in a kind of power-law shape. So it's much harder to predict whether one of these instances is satisfiable or not, solely based on the number of variables and clauses it has. The second lecture was about the cutting-planes-proof system, which came up yesterday. This time they were looking at problems with pseudo-boolean constraints. These treat booleans in the equation like numbers that are 0 for false and 1 for true. Instead of requiring that one of the variables evaluate to true in each clause, instead these numeric values are summed together and there's an inequality, like their sum must be less than or equal to 2. These types of problems can be turned into regular SAT problems, but the resolution-based proof system doesn't do a very good job at solving them. The intuition is that it's unable to count, whereas the cutting planes proof system is. That means it can decide whether or not one of these problems is satisfiable much more quickly than resolution. The lecturer showed an example of this with a problem called the even colouring of a graph. This asks for each edge to be coloured, either red or blue, so that every node is connected to an even number of red and blue edges. I'd never seen this problem before, but then again there seemed to be hundreds of these graph-related problems. At the coffee break, I briefly spoke to Pierre and Naoki. They told a story about a trip they'd taken to Japan, where the waiters had to fetch a dictionary to read the names of drinks on the sake menu. I hadn't seen Pierre and Naoki in the SAC conference, so I think they were attending the interactive theorem-proving event next door. The lecture before lunch was another guest lecture, This time it was given by a mathematician from the University of Texas, who'd worked on a problem relating to the colouring of Pythagorean triples. You might have seen a news article about this. They'd managed to show that it's not possible to colour all the integers, red or blue, such that no Pythagorean triple of those integers are the same colour. It's possible up to 7824, but after that, there's no way to do it. They solved this by formulating the problem as a SAT problem, which ran for a couple of days on their university's supercomputer. It made the headlines because the proof the solver generated was over 200 terabytes. This lecture was again talking about the importance of powerful proof systems that can produce shorter proofs and get there more quickly. He spoke about the pigeonhole problem, which is perhaps the simplest problem resolution-based solvers don't handle very well. The goal is to find a way to allocate some number of pigeons to some number of holes. However, when there's one more pigeon than hole, the problem is unsatisfiable, but the solvers take a long time to reach this conclusion and produce an exponential-sized proof. The lecturer had collaborated with Armin Beer, a developer for one of the popular SAT solvers, and added a rule called the positive reduct to its proof system. They showed how this addition meant the solver could prove the unsatisfiability of this problem much faster and with a much smaller proof. Towards the end of this talk, the lecturer also mentioned the Hadwiger-Nelson problem, which is to do with colouring the plane. I've also seen a news article about this. Just before lunch, a group photo was taken for everyone attending the SAT conference. We arranged ourselves on the stairs in the atrium of the Blavatnik School of Government. I'm looking forward to this photo appearing on the SAT Association's website. Towards the end of the day, there was another interesting talk, this time about something called minimal unsatisfiability. Again, someone had studied the properties of a specific kind of SAT problem. A problem is minimally unsatisfiable if it requires every one of its clauses to remain unsatisfiable. If you take any one away, the Boolean equation can be satisfied. Finally, the day ended with a business meeting. I didn't really know what to expect as the agenda didn't give a description. This turned out to be a meeting about the Sat Association itself. There was a presentation from the treasurer who went through the financials for the last year and a discussion about the paper submission process. I was surprised to hear the SAT association really doesn't have much financial support. They're almost entirely funded by sponsorship money from a small number of companies and they only have a few thousand pounds in the bank. Most of their money is spent on student travel grants, publishing costs, and awards for the people who write the best papers or the fastest solvers. I thought it was a bit of a shame that there isn't more sponsorship money, but perhaps it's just too niche. I was pleased to hear they're moving to an open access publishing model, partly to save costs, but also to promote more SAT innovation and development. During the business meeting, a sheet was sent round for anyone who'd like to join the SAT association. Joining the organisation doesn't really have any effect, other than to receive a few newsletters throughout the year, but it's more of an acknowledgement that you support the work the community does, and think it's worthwhile. Finally, the meeting ended with an announcement that the next SAT conference will be held in Lisbon, in Portugal, and there was a short presentation about where it's likely to be held. A big selling point, apparently, was the excellent selection of red and white wines in the area. Sounds good to me. Tomorrow is my last day at Flock, and I'm looking forward to the award ceremony for the SAT conference. I'm staying on an extra night, and I'm hoping to meet some friends tomorrow after the day is over. Until then, thanks for listening.